0: Just like that. The second hour is here. Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow across the Outkick Network. That includes our YouTube channel. We are up live and running. You can join us there. You can subscribe to the channel if you'd like. Give us a thumbs up. Join Chad in the chat. It's been a robust
1: YouTube chat today. Very good. Robust. Lots of contributions. I don't think you've ever described the It's robust. Chat as- it's a robust chat. Uh, We've got Clay
0: Travis coming up in uh, 20 minutes. A lot to discuss uh, with him, including some of his blood bank guarantees for uh, college football, which includes LSU and Florida State. I'm curious where he's going there and what he's guaranteeing uh, with DraftKings Sportsbook. That'll be great. Uh, And uh, a bit later, Bernard Pollard will join the show. That is uh, coming up in about an hour and 15 minutes from right now. Chad, uh, the news yesterday, which was a bit surprising, um, the Patriots – electing to release Bailey Zappi, who started a handful of games for New England a year ago whenever Mac Jones went down with, what, a foot injury, I believe. And then when Jones was able to come back, or at least based on the timetable that was out there, it was uh, at least uh, reporters a bit unsure about which way they would go. Of course, Jones returned, but it was a, a sloppy offense that was led by a special teams coach and a defensive-minded coach, um, and Belichick chose to go that way. Now they have Bill O'Brien. And by electing to waive Malik Cunningham and Bailey Zappi, leaving just one quarterback on the active roster, they brought both players back to the practice squad today. But I think that move sends a clear message about the Patriots' offense, and whose team this is within that locker room. There are no ifs, ands, or buts about it. No one's looking at Zappy wondering if Belichick's favorite quarterback is actually the backup quarterback. And no one's asking if Mac Jones is the leader because they're telling you he is by making this move. He wants more control of the offense. He wants more input. He wants to be more vocal. He wants to be more accountable and hold players accountable. This is the message that he can do just that. And it's also a clear indication that this is Bill O'Brien's offensive team, period. Mac Jones is going to run the O'Brien system. They're not going to figure out whose quarterback is better and if Zappi actually gives them a better chance to win. This is put up or shut up time for Mac Jones. And it's time to um, take him off the leash In year three, after making a huge mistake last year with who you had coaching him behind the scenes and calling plays on game day, it's still an offense that's going through the run, but it's got to be more play action, and it's got to rely more on the arm of Mac Jones, and that's what Bill O'Brien was brought there to do, and that's why they made the moves they did. There's no hesitation now in saying, do they really like Mac Jones? The answer is yes, and they showed us just that, even though Belichick doesn't like to say things definitively. That was a definitive move for me, even though they've got Zappy back on the practice squad.
1: This is also the only move they could make right now. And I'm not talking about just the one quarterback thing. Just making Mac Jones the guy and making him feel like he's the guy. And he's got some sort of autonomy over the offense or at least a partnership with Bill O'Brien. There, there's no other way to go. There, there's no... Let's make it a competition with him and Bailey Zappi. Or maybe Malik Cunningham could be the guy. Well, there's no bad There's no bad first half where Zappi's starting the second half. I mean, I, he could,
0: but he's going to be elevated to the main – again, he's a practice squad player today. He's not an active yeah. roster player. That sends a, a, a tone – that sets a tone and sends a message.
1: Well, and what I mean by that is I, I don't know that Mac Jones is the guy that's going to get the Patriots back to being the Patriots. Right, I agree. That we've seen before. But I also, I definitely know those other guys aren't either – and where you are right now, until you can find out for sure, you need to be doing this. This is the guy that you invested in with a first-round pick, and now you've reinvested in by bringing Bill O'Brien back. So the way to go is with him and letting him know that he's the guy. and He's got full say over the future of his career in New England and no one else. This is the proper play to give this offense to him and give him a shot to run it and show that he's the guy long-term for New England. I don't know that he is, but I definitely know the way not to go about this is to act like there's some sort of competition with, with where he is and what he's doing. Let, let, him, let him believe it's his team because it should be his team, yeah, that, and then see how it goes. But whatever they did
0: last year didn't send that same message. No, talk, it did not you know? at all. And that's what's bizarre about it and the way they went about it. And, 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 and having uh, Tom Curran and others on this offseason on the show – and just straight up asking the best guys that are covering that team, hey, is there something behind the scenes between Belichick and Robert Kraft? Is there a message sent that you've got to get out of, of the way of Mac Jones? Because we, Bill O'Brien's available. He's right for this job. We're bringing him back. Is he rolling the hot seat or is he not? It's bizarre to even bring that up with Belichick. But it was strange the way they went about structuring the offense and trying to bring Mac Jones along in the offense based on who was coaching him. Weird. When McDaniels left, they didn't replace him with another offensive guy. And you would do that for your
1: franchise quarterback. It's not been a very good tenure. No. Like, not good at all. Still,
0: it's still a, a team that's built on the run and their defense, but they've enhanced their passing game. And it's, it's just time to figure it out with Jones, period.
1: It's time for Bill Belichick to figure it out. And part of figuring it out is bringing back Bill O'Brien and well, having a legitimate
0: offensive coordinator. Last year, though... Um, didn't they start like five and two or something? I mean, they came out and played very well. And they're kind of a sleeper team. And then the wheels fell off. But then Bailey Zappi came in and had a bit of a controversy over a two or three week span. Chad, uh, no controversy on who's better at quarterback in Cincinnati. You've got Joe Burrow, uh, Trevor Simeon's the backup. And the offense apparently, whenever Burrow wasn't in there during practices, was just lost. Well, Burrow's back. He's returned uh, to Cincinnati's practice for the first time since July 27th uh, when he injured his calf. Uh, when he went down, it didn't look good, just watching him hit the turf. And we didn't know the timetable because they they kept saying, like, hey, it, it's to be determined, it's day-to-day, whatever uh, they wanted to put out there. He's back right after cuts are made, the 53's out there, they have their team ready to go, they open the season A week from this Sunday against the Cleveland Browns. Joe Burrow's going to be out there. Burrow's back. He's not missing a game as he goes head-to-head with Deshaun Watson.
1: Burrow's almost the forgotten guy a little bit in the AFC, which is just crazy to say because of his greatness early on. But that's just a testament to how many great quarterbacks we're talking about in, in the conference. And now with Aaron Rodgers... Now, you can make an argument everyone's the forgotten man in the AFC because Aaron Rodgers has gotten the bulk of the attention and the limelight throughout this offseason in training camp. But you hear a lot about Mahomes, rightfully so, with a defending Super Bowl champion, just on the show quarterback also. I feel like Joe Burrow is a little bit lost in the shuffle, not for anything that he's done. He's been great throughout his tenure. But the expectation that he's going to be really good again, now mixed with him coming off this injury – it does feel like I don't know that I would say anybody sleeping on him, but maybe we're not talking about that Cincinnati team and Joe Burrow as much. And that's probably the way he and that team won it. Well, based you know, on everyone talking about the Jets and Aaron Rodgers.
0: <laughs> you know what else this this does though? I, I'm surprised about what didn't happen during this downtime when he's rehabbing the contract. And there's some speculation that this was going to be a slow play for him getting back because of the contract talks. That ends after today's news that he's back on the practice field, and he's not – maybe they're in a great spot and they're about to announce it, but he's back on the practice field and he doesn't have the, the highest-paid contract in NFL history. Justin Herbert still holds that currently. Burrow's about to become the highest-paid player in the history of the sport, and he's going to get upwards of $53, $54 million guaranteed per season. Um, that's the biggest surprise is that the contract isn't done as they have the deadline for 53. Do they get it done in the next week before game week against Cleveland? Maybe. Uh, and if so, you have the fully guaranteed money with Deshaun Watson going head-to-head with the highest paid player in the NFL annually. That would be Joe Burrow. And it feels like... Are you surprised the contract's not done like Justin Herbert? Because they were. I felt like you're waiting on Herbert and then you go above that. Herbert was waiting on... Um, uh, he had uh, Hertz... Yeah. Right before that
1: hurts in order hurts Herbert and now Joe Burrow. Yeah. I, I, I kind of feel like it's already done and they're just waiting to announce it that maybe this was part of what was going on then. And we're going to get something announced right before the season kicks off on the extension. Now, if it goes into the season and there's no announcement, that has surprised me a little bit, but it seems to me like they're probably yeah, done with it, soon. and it's just a matter of time that they're going to announce it. Justin Jefferson also in
0: contract negotiations with Minnesota, And he's been out practicing, of course, uh, throughout the entire camp. Uh, Nearly had a 2,000-yard season. No receiver's ever done that. Uh, Best uh, top of the game in in the league. And uh, the Vikings are hopeful that they get something done prior to going into uh, week one preparations. And they're ready to break the bank for him. Top priority is the way it was described. Uh, their general manager. I don't want to be the Vikings GM without that guy on our team. So it's a high priority. We've got to make sure we do that in order so we can get it done, obviously given all of our other decisions that we have to make.
1: Of the quarterback receiver responsibility for success, balance in the league, when you look at a team, there's not one that's more different than Um, in Minnesota where Kirk Cousins is given – Less credit than Justin Jefferson for that offense. I, I mentioned last year... I can't in, think in, of MVP another quarterback-receiver
0: relationship where we say that. You have nearly a 2,000-yard a receiver. He he had 1,800 yards, to be exact. Uh, 1,809, I believe. Uh, 130 receptions. And you, you don't mention Cousins first. Normally, if you mention Devontae Adams, you're also mentioning Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. Um, if you mention... Uh, The top wide receivers like A.J. Brown, for instance, in Philadelphia, you're mentioning Hurts, right? You're mentioning uh, Jamar Chase, but Joe Burrow comes first. Patrick Mahomes, of course, and then Kelsey. In Minnesota, the MVP discussion was about the wide receiver, and we've never seen that happen before. Jefferson may just do that based on how excellent he's been, but he's doing it with a quarterback that is uh, fairly good, but viewed as very average, top to bottom. Some would even say mediocre, which isn't fair to Cousins there. Um, until last year, when he actually started winning some primetime games and doing more than just winning at noon on Sunday.
1: I've got one example, do you tell me what you think. I think there's a little bit of that with Tyreek Hill and Tua.
0: Yeah, but Tua was in the MVP conversation yeah. before the concussion, not Tyreek
1: Hill. That, but, and my you point know? is, you can't be a great receiver in this league without a really good too, great quarterback throwing to you. Kirk Cousins is a really good quarterback. I don't think he's great. He's a really good, steady quarterback. He's not given the credit that Justin Jefferson is because Justin Jefferson is great, uh, understandably. But I, I, I'm trying to think of the receiver that has given more credit for the team's good offense than the quarterback anywhere else in the league. And I can't think of a single one. I, same. It is, same. It is Justin Unless Jefferson it was, over Kirk Cousins. Was it That's Odell it.
0: Beckham over Baker Mayfield? No. It was I still, still feel Baker. like Baker, Baker was all over. Was the guy. Yeah, he was on all the commercials. Yeah, there's not that's another the good one. example.
1: Hit us up in the YouTube chat if you've got a good example. We'll uh, we'll, we'll we'll let everyone know if we see a good one. Chad uh, Jonathan Taylor remains
0: an Indianapolis Colts running back. He's on the physically unable to perform list. He won't. He's not going to be available to play if at all uh, until October. Which means if, if at all, I mean, if he's traded, because I think that's the expectation from Taylor's end. The Colts want compensation that they just didn't find. We knew that the Dolphins were negotiating with the Colts. Reports are, Davey and I were chatting, Chad, you too, uh, Jalen Waddle was what, a, a part of what the Colts wanted in return if he was going to be traded to Miami. That just doesn't add up. Uh, and then the other team that's been reported as interested were the Green Bay Packers, where offers were on the table. I bring this up to just say... Keep those two teams in mind as trade discussions can begin again whenever he's healthy. And I think he's healthy now, by the way. Um, whenever he's quote unquote healthy and off the physically unable to perform list, he's either returning in the backfield based on new money that he's given from Indy or he's paid to go and be traded somewhere else. Um, about the injury, though, based on the timetable and the structure of re- recovering from surgery on the ankle, Chad. <clears throat> It was like a six- to eight-week recovery time is what was projected. Now, can he have a setback? Yes, I'm, absolutely. But during OTAs or minicamp, one of those in, in May, June, and before they had the break in July going into camp, Jonathan Taylor said, and he was happy at the time, hey, I'm, I'm ready to go. I'm going to be ready to go at camp because he thinks he's going to get a contract extension. And then all of a sudden, he's unhappy. He meets on the bus with Ursay, and it's the exact opposite. He wants a trade. Well, he fails the physical when he shows up for the day one of NFL training camp. He goes on PUP. And I can't help but think if that's a stash issue, stashing him away on PUP while you negotiate things as you have a what we call a hold-in. Instead of a hold-out, players now are just going like Nick Bosa, going to the facility, but they're not actually practicing on the field. Uh, In this case, he's on a list where they're deeming him um, uh, unavailable, like not healthy, didn't pass the physical from Indy. Why would you attempt to trade for a player that couldn't pass a physical that remained on PUP throughout the entire camp calendar? And why, if you're Indy, do you leave him on PUP if he's healthy, given the fact that you could trade him and say, hey, he's good now. We've, he's past the physical. I, I, I think there's something more there. And I brought it up to begin all the, in, the running back conversation, Chad. I, based on what he said in June, it didn't add up to where he was at the first or, or end of July, the first of camp. And that, that's something that just, um, that they played the game. And then they were going to say that they were going to put him on the non-football injury list. Remember that about yeah. the back? They were toying with him.
1: And then he had to come out and have a tweet saying there's uh, f- fake news, nothing wrong with my back, never complained about a back problem. Yeah, because the back
0: – John McClain is right. That you can say he's got a back issue, and there's really no way to verify that. Yeah. You know? Meanwhile, you've got the surgery rehab and what could take place and when he should be back on the field. So you move him and you say he has a back issue because you can stash him away and put him on a list where he's not active. Coming up. Clay Travis joins us. A lot to discuss. College football is back. We'll get Clay's top picks of the week straight ahead. Hot Mike with Hunter Withrow across the Outkick Network. Hot Mike with Hunter Withrow rolls on across the Outkick Network. Glad you're with us. Sixth and P-Biter location We're back, baby. with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smokey Moonshine. Clay Travis is back with us, Outkick founder and... Uh, Uh, World Traveler, uh, based on the book tour. Uh, Clay, hope all things are well, and uh, OutKick on Fox, and massive success on Sunday night. Congrats.
2: Yeah, hold on. I'm going to share the uh, interview that you guys, I'm assuming I just got this tweeted out. Yeah. Um,
0: Clay's tweeting right now. uh, At Clay Travis.
2: Yes. uh, But, yeah, look, the the book tour was great. Uh, Open number one for nonfiction books. Uh, pretty incredible Publishers Weekly, number one. I think we were number two for the Wall Street Journal, um, but I went all over the country for that. I have basically been on the road for the last month. And then uh, Sunday, we had the first ever OutKick on Fox special, which did fabulously well, just shy of a million people watched it. Um, we nearly, I think the numbers were, we were just a few thousand away from beating the audience for CNN and MSNBC combined, uh, which is always kind of a good way to gauge, uh, how your audience does. So, uh, the combo of both of those, very cool. Um, and, uh, I have, uh, I'm excited to be back home now.
0: Clay Travis with us on Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow. So, um, I know you recently found out you like avocado toast. Chad opened the show by saying he's already gone pumpkin spice latte. Which is more s- seasonal treat? Which is more s to you, Clay? Pumpkin spice latte or avocado toast? Um, so I
2: like avocado toast, uh, and uh, I'm not going to apologize for that. I felt the need yeah. to publicly announce that I now eat it, so I didn't want to end up in a uh, in a viral video or something where uh, where somebody caught me unawares and uh, tried to share it. Obviously, having fun with that. Um, I, I, I drink coffee, but only drink coffee black. So I I think if you're a flavor coffee person, frankly, uh, you are, uh, you're a pansy. Um, so I think you got to go, uh, straight, straight black, uh, coffee. I'm fine. I actually like iced coffee way more than hot coffee. Uh, personally, I don't know why people want to, you know, like burn their esophagus to drink coffee. (laughs) That doesn't make sense to me. Um, so, uh, so I go uh, ice coffee black would be uh, would be my preferred choice.
1: Well, I drive a big truck now, so you can both go to hell. Um, by the way, up, Glenn, man, we have. Uh, you better, I, I'm, you I'm better a truck guy now. Pumpkin spice. Yeah, yeah I, you better drive I, I, I think what, latte in your hand. I think the opposite of DBAP is owning the things that you like that may be Agreed. a little bit effeminate, uh, and that's being secure well, enough to why, just say that, why. like I, I like pumpkin spice latte and I'm not ashamed to admit it. Clay, I also uh, I want to let you know, I'm not going to show any addresses on here, but we were now receiving mail for you. I don't know if this is fan mail or if it's anthrax riddled, but we got mail yeah. here at Either Sixth and way, Peabody to you that was handed off by the GM of Sixth and Peabody. It feels like a pamphlet. Maybe it's like Thomas Paine's Common Sense. It's a dossier. That someone wrote to you. I don't think it's a book. It's actually like a handwritten Something. So we'll get this to you next time we see it. What do you think about getting mail here at the uh, I facility? Get,
2: I get volumes of mail um, all over the place. I mean, we have a studio in downtown Nashville that gets mail for me now. We've got a studio in New York City. Uh, you know, people just, the, the radio show is huge. Um, and I think OutKick in general continues to grow. And obviously Fox News, big part of that. Um, but people just all want to, and most of it's very nice. But people all want to send me like their you know manifestos now, so uh, and and it's not just that people also send like really nice things like I uh, you know I would do the book signings everywhere and I would leave with like lots of gifts like I it's it's really kind of amazing how friendly and nice people are um, when I did the you know the sports books. People wouldn't show up and just give me things like, oh, uh, the thing that I get told most commonly is thank you for what you do. Like nobody ever said that about anything sports related. Like they would say like, oh, I really laughed. That was funny. Like, but people now really are thankful for, uh, for the job that, 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 that we do. And so, yeah, I get tons of mail and lots of gifts and, um, it's all super nice, but, uh, something obviously that I'm uh, still getting used to.
1: Claire, are you okay with me opening this bit of mail for you and telling you what it is? I can tell you it's from someone you don't know.
2: Yeah, sure. Okay. I mean, don't okay. publicize who they
1: are. No, no, no. I, I wouldn't do any of that. I'm not going to open it on air or anything. I'm, I'm just curious what's in there. I will send a screenshot to you and let you know exactly what it is and get it to you later, but I'm just curious. Clay, By uh, the way, this has
2: been going on for a while. Do you remember when they sent me, Laura's here listening, what was it like I got like tons
1: of Dan and yogurt? um do you remember oh, when they like somebody? Right. Sent me, <laughs> no somebody it was just uh, randomly sent. Me. wasn't it the remember the purity person wasn't it like a dairy person that used to bring things just, for you to no, the uh, was, to the I radio think it was station like
2: yogurt i think it was like yogurt i think J- jt called me and he's like hey you know somebody just sent like 20 pounds of stuff to you at like the, to your name at the uh at the station were you like expecting this and i was like you know no i did not send you know like 20 pounds of <laughs> it of wasn't Eason. mrs was grissom were like, you
1: okay with Clay's like, i've got a great okay guy that gets to me for cost and yeah. i haven't sent to the radio station Yes. Yeah. all those he yogurts was like, are I mean, mine. It, was,
2: it was it was sent on ice right because he was <laughs> like are you okay with me opening it um like it's not cheap to have shipped to this And JT called me and he opened it and it was like 20 pounds of yogurt. I feel like he was like, do you want to come pick this up? And it was, it was like, not off. It wasn't like somebody's, you know, backyard yogurt company. It was like, you know, Dan and yogurt or something like that. And I was like, yeah, sure. But I still don't know how that happened. Nobody ever to my knowledge notified me. And I wonder if they just like, Uh, somebody just clicked the wrong name on like a, uh, on a shipping, you know, like container and some other guy out there was like, I don't know why my 20 pounds of yogurt (laughs) didn't show up, but instead, uh, yeah, they sent like 20 pounds of Dan yogurt. I think it was to like, it wouldn't even fit in the refrigerator, um, to, uh, to the,
0: to our old radio station at the zone. It's probably still in the break room uh, as we speak right now. People
1: are going to start sending yogurt now to this location just as a joke for clay.
2: Clay, which, which I, of the- I'm not even a big yogurt guy. It's not like I was running around talking about how much I loved yogurt. Like that would have at least made sense because <laughs> it'd been like, Oh, you know, like somebody just thought to do it. Like, I'm not, I don't like yogurt. So it's not like I've ever said anything. I'm not, you know, a fan of big yogurt. You know, it's not like they would have been like, Oh, we got Clay Travis in the big yogurt company. Let's make sure we reward him for all of his endorsement. Like I, I don't, even eat yogurt, so I have no idea how that happened.
1: On that note, people can send me as much pumpkin spice as they want. Yeah, yeah. They can send it right here to me. You yeah. can keep it for refrigerated or not. I'll take it gladly.
0: Clay, of the of the bets that you've made, I know there are 18 picks right now at outkick Your Blood Bank guarantees you've got three or four of them. Which are you most certain of? Which ones should be play at DraftKings Sportsbook?
2: Um, I like the over on the Kentucky game. I think with their new offensive coordinator and their new quarterback, I think it's, you know, that they want to show that off. It's like, if you got a new car, um, you know, you're going to drive it faster than you might have the old car. So, uh, I love the over in the Kentucky ball state game. Uh, I like the under, I know there's been a lot of uncertainty about cam Rising's health. Um, I think that's going to be a low scoring game in Utah tomorrow night. Um, I like the under in Florida, Utah. And I like the over in, uh, sorry, the under as well in LSU, Florida State. Uh, So those are my three blood bank guarantees. And then there's 15 additional picks uh, that are up on OutKick
0: right now. So reports are that they're going with their third string quarterback, Utah, because uh, rising's out. Their backup is a a redshirt freshman. He was injured in practice. Uh, If Billy Napier on the road loses to Utah's third string quarterback, are we talking about Extremely hot seat because I don't think after year two, based on their recruiting class, there's much of a hot seat immediately. There could be at the end of the year based on how things go.
2: Yeah, I think it depends on how things go in the SEC. I mean, they were fortunate, Florida was, to win that game the last year. Yeah. Um, and they have enough big games, whether it's Tennessee, Florida, Georgia. You know, you really just need to win one of those, I would say, sort of quote unquote big games for Florida next year and they can feel like the momentum's pretty good. They have a top-five recruiting class. They're bringing in a lot of talent. Uh, I don't think there are very high expectations for for Florida. Um, and so, you know, I, I think if you look at, again, I just off the top of my head, if, if Florida could, could win against Georgia, Tennessee, or yeah. LSU, uh, any one of those three games, the Florida fan base would be pretty happy. Um, the reverse so, of last year, really. Uh, yeah, I'm with you. Um, and, uh, and they would see that as a, a, sign of growth. Um, uh, so that's kind of how I would, uh, would assess that
1: Clay, where does this weekend rank opening weekend of college football Labor Day weekend in terms of best sports times of the year, best sports moment for you on your calendar?
2: Well, it should be always great. I don't think they've got a great collection of games this weekend. Um, and, uh, I mean, there are lots that I'll sit and watch cause I watch college football all weekend long, no matter what, but they should have incredible Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday games. Basically you could have five straight days of incredible primetime games because you don't have any competition with the NFL yet. And so to me, this should be a far bigger weekend this year than it is. Uh, but I still love it. Um, and, uh, am super excited. Uh, to see how it all plays out.
0: Is it tongue-in-cheek that you think Milton is uh, in the the true running for a Heisman? Or have you seen something I haven't within the time frame of Hinton Hooker replacing him?
2: I, I am super optimistic that, uh, that Joe Milton is going to be very good this year. Um, I am. I think there's really good talent at wide receiver. I think that Josh Heupel is going to scheme him uh, to have a great deal of success. I think that he's going to, based on the way he played, I think Tennessee's going to run the football really well. Um, And uh, I expect Joe Milton to have three or four touchdown passes um, against Virginia. Um, And, and I think he's going to see the field. Well, I mean, look, uh, Hendon hooker, nobody was that excited about him when he got to, uh, when he got to Tennessee and Josh Heupel built him into a Heisman trophy contender quarterback. And remember Joe Milton built the beat out Hendon hooker. Yeah and then had a couple of not great games. And then I think he played really well against uh, Clemson last year in the Orange Bowl. He made a couple of really strong throws. Uh, and, uh, and I thought he played fairly well against, uh, against Virginia. So uh, I think if he can just have a little bit of touch, and I think he's going to be more relaxed um, if he comes out and has a couple of really good early games, I think his confidence is going to go through the roof. I think he's going to be fantastic this year.
0: Yeah. It sets up well, if they get through, if they beat down Virginia, like they should, uh, based on the spread here and then, uh, go, go on the road and beat Florida. It sets up middle of October, back-to-back weeks, A&M and Bama. And then really, I mean, it, that's really where he can catch fire with momentum of the voters.
2: I'll be disappointed if Tennessee, I think the math is is it 4 and 0 with A&M coming to town or 5 and 0 with I think it's, 5-0 I mean, it's 5 and 0 with a It would be 5 and
0: 0.
2: I'll be disappointed if Tennessee's not 5 and 0 with Texas A&M coming to Knoxville.
1: Yeah, they're going to be a favorite in in every game leading up to that. So uh, What would the record have to
0: be for us not to attend that game, Clay?
2: Um well, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I think that's fall break, lots of places. So when I look at my calendar, I might actually have substantial beach time going on that week. But, um, but I, I you know, I think Tennessee would have to, it, they would have to be sitting at, uh, at what three and two, okay. I think for Tennessee fans to really be up in arms um, over how the season has gone. Cause that would require two upset losses, not just one look. I mean, Florida has, has played very well against Tennessee in the swamp. So um you know Tennessee will have to play well to win that game uh but uh, but but I really think Tennessee should be 5-0 and favored to beat A&M and I, I expect for Tennessee to be 6-0 and going
0: to Alabama college football is back can't wait for kickoff tomorrow night and then of course uh, all things on Saturday Clay uh, always enjoy this man and uh, have a great rest of the week will do see y'all thanks Clay. Clay Travis enjoy uh, that avocado Al-Kate toast yeah with uh with a sip of pumpkin spice latte.
1: Avocado toast is good. It's not something I'd ever really order. But if it's there and yeah. there's not a lot of other good options, I'm, I'm all about it. I'm not above avocado I, toast. I
0: think it's good. I just, I mean...
1: It's not something that
0: I'm drawn to. Give me some jam, in the jam, jelly, whatever, in yeah. the fridge, and I, that's all I need.
1: If it's there, I'd eat it and I'd enjoy it. But it's not something I'm ordering. If I see it on a menu, I'm like, you know, I, I need that avocado toast in my some life this morning.
0: love it, like crave avocado i i don't like if it's available i'm eating it but i'm not thinking about man i really clay want extra is, of
1: this clay is an iced coffee guy at all times no hot coffee you know why i like hot that coffee? i don't understand
0: i like the smell of coffee like the you know the best part of waking up is Folgers in your cup like yeah. that was uh, my dad had to have his coffee in the morning that smell I, you're not getting the smell with uh, iced coffee The
1: smell wakes you up I, well, it's it didn't about wake me the, up, but
0: I, once yeah. I was up, you know, it was, you it smell was morning. It.
1: You would just go over even before you were old enough to drink the coffee and just, hey, Dad, can I get a whiff <laughs> of that Folgers just to get me going for the day? Like a smelling salt? Coming up, we've got a coach
0: from Big Ten and a coach from the SEC. Coaches on the rise and coaches on the slide. That'll be coming up later in the show. Bernard Pollard also will join us uh, coming up in uh, less than an hour here on Hot Mike. And when we come back, Davey Hudson, he's got a fact of the day that will blow your mind. Plus, weird stories. We get weird with Davey next. Hot Mike with Edna Withrow across the OutKick Network. Sixth and Peabody, our studios. Hot Mike with Edna Withrow with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Chad, uh, Friday's almost here. It's almost time to propose a toast and, you know, get thirsty.
1: Well, I'm already thirsty. It's okay. time to get. <laughs> <We could. laughs> I was going to say something that was not going to come across well. Okay. Well, then don't say it. Get uh, slippery.
0: <laughs> okay.
1: Sure. It was a three-letter word I was going to say, but it wasn't going to come across uh,
0: well. It's actually time to get weird with Davey Hudson.
1: And five, four, three,
0: two, one, zero. Talking now,
3: guys. My fact of the day surrounds metal detectors. Okay. So. A lot of people, if you look back, you think Alexander Graham Bell was actually credited with inventing the metal detector. That would have been in 1881. And the reasoning behind that was...
1: Do most people know that? Because I don't. Okay, well, (laughs) for those that don't know,
3: that was the reasoning as to, or that's who's often credited with it. And the reason he's credited with it was because he used it in an attempt to remove the bullet that ultimately killed President James Garfield. Uh, Garfield was uh, assassinated, and it wasn't necessarily the bullet uh, or or the gunshot that killed him, but the bullet remained in him, and an infection developed, and therefore that was what ultimately led to his death. But uh, Alexander Graham Bell had it, his own type of metal detector he tried to use to get the bullet out. Obviously not successful, but the guy who actually invented it, and this is where uh, Bell pulled this idea from, was Gustave Pierre Trouve from paris so that was in 1874 they also were trying to use your best
1: pronunciation ever by the way that name that was you you nailed that french is your language there we are uh the language of love i think so i just didn't know that was common knowledge like you said it like people all like people actually know that
3: i I mean like bell's often like edison accredited with a lot of different inventions so maybe it's not common knowledge i I don't know now it's common 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 knowledge
0: i'm not sure who second most famous invention or Uh,
3: for for patents i want to say Edison's still at the top i'm not exactly sure on on that list that that would be something I, i can go down that rabbit hole later but the reason i bring up the metal detector guys and that gets us right into our first story so do you all remember hearing about the woman that was grazed by a bullet at the white Sox game last week was it at uh, the game yes. or outside the game? No, this was at the game.
1: Okay. I, I've, I've heard something about this, but I assumed it was outside the game.
3: Okay. It gets weird because, and I want to credit the, the person that got this, but uh, Peggy Kuzinski, um, she reported on this. This woman snuck the gun past the metal detectors in between her fat rolls.
0: <laughs> and it did not pick up on the metal detector
3: if it did they weren't able to figure out what it was or even if they're wanding, they're just like i i mean i don't see anything and it's it's i mean it's not like they pull the the old english bulldog trick you know when people walk through and they're like all right let's check all the crevices Uh, But apparently it was able to slip by the metal detector. They didn't see that. And so it was an accidental discharge. So it wasn't like somebody was attempting to shoot. And if you see this video or this picture right here, this this was, yeah, this was actually after the shot happened. And most people didn't even know a gunshot went off. It was just a couple of people being like, wait, something's weird.
0: The silencer was the fat. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But she like pulled the gun out
3: um no it was an accidental it was an accidental discharge yes on her hip yep uh i'm not exactly sure where it struck but i mean i it it didn't ultimately do serious damage to the woman but the fact that i mean there's several problems we can get in here is the one you're that big to where you're able to hide the gun in your fat rolls to begin with and then two, the metal detector the staff not stopping and saying hey how did you get this in here
1: kind of thing but that's just uh, a lot of a trust that
0: i just don't buy on on security it's all optics it's I, I, don't, I don't i don't think that make people paranoid
1: i think the more likely scenario is not that the fat rolls covered up the metal detector is that the metal detector was not on or working for maybe, everyone maybe so that's what i think probably happened maybe so I, I feel like there's a lot of places that i walk through i'm like no, this i think this is just like you yeah. said optics well like all of
0: a sudden we don't have to take our phones out of our pockets Going through.
1: Yeah, no, you're um, fine. Yeah, you're that good. was that.
0: It took a while. I, mean, I, I appreciate that. But <laughs> yeah, in the investigation,
1: because if at someone first, doesn't smuggle no. weapons into events, I, I'd be the first to say I'm, no. I'm happy they do that. I just hope I'm not the victim of someone who does. Yeah.
3: Yeah. For the police that were doing the investigation, they were able to rule out pretty quickly that the shot did not happen outside of it, outside of uh, the stadium. So
0: I guess people thought you know. that uh, my assumption would be it did just based on the photo you showed. Yeah. With no one really. They're not moving. They're just no, still sitting there no enjoying reaction. it. Yeah. It is the
1: south side of Chicago. I mean, sure, yeah. G- gunshots are quite common.
0: Yeah. yeah, but if I if someone hears one, they're not s- remaining where they are. They they do scatter.
1: I, I saw a couple of people using or this maybe they're this just narrative. like, you know, we, we've, we've learned right. that Gun if you're are running, it makes you a target, so we yeah. just kind of sit still. Yeah, maybe so. <laughs> yeah. they, they were using this as Pretend a narrative we didn't as hear to that. moving yeah. the team out of Chicago. I didn't see anything. <laughs> it's like when I was walking in the streets of Baltimore, uh, and then I saw the guy – pull someone out of the car and beat them up and throw them to the side <laughs> yes. in traffic. And he looked over at me and I gave him a look back like, I didn't see, I didn't see anything. Didn't, sir. See,
0: didn't see a thing. Sir,
1: I didn't see anything. He's like, you didn't see anything, did you, bud? i like, no, I didn't see anything. I'm just going to keep on walking. Also,
0: Davy, how, uh, think about the, the woman who snuck this gun in would have to know, like at what point do you realize you're so fat that you can sneak the gun through the metal detector, that you're confident in this? That's bold. I, or do you I just, just forget it's there? I don't know so how
3: do you forget. Like,
0: I mean, again, I've you're never such a gangster and fat that you just don't even bother. You know?
1: I think this person lives there, and they're accustomed to just being strapped at all times mm-hmm. and ready to go to defend themselves. And it's like an appendage that they don't know is there. Just like a, if a I gross. were to wear a watch all the time, and I forget that the watch is there. My phone's on me at all times. Right. I forget it's there. I think that this person has their gun on them, wedged in the fat rolls, so much that they didn't know that they had it on them and just walked right in it's like the
3: human cartoon where you can just continue to pull things out yeah. of, of the bag and it's just uh, it obviously wasn't going to fit in there I, I, wonder, I wonder what else she had hidden in her fat rolls I yeah. don't know if I'll get that answer it's like but the
0: trench coat mafia you know after Columbine remember this oh Chad? yeah they had videos, to, like, they had videos of uh, kids wearing trench coats and all of the different weapons they could hide inside those coats and so you know dress codes happen at public schools and county schools
1: well, they right immediately had like, uh, even like if you dyed your hair black, you couldn't do that anymore. There were a lot of different yeah. rules and regulations after Columbine. We were in high school at the time. Yeah. I, I yeah. was. I remember immediately it was everyone cracking down on anyone who was remotely gothic looking. Well, just the coat itself. Like the, the coat The coat was out. And the uh,
0: the certain amount
1: of pants, like the pants,
0: too. Like the, the, the
1: military type no, pants, the wide cargo leg, pants. Yeah. Yeah. Parachutes, whatever they were. Well, we went down a rabbit hole there. What's next for us, Dave? what happens. Uh, speaking of hiding
3: things inside your body, our next story is an update from, gosh, I'm, I'm trying to even think about how far back this goes, but do you remember the cheating scandal in chess that shocked the world? No. Okay, well, quick wrap up on that. There was a post that was put on Reddit, and I know it's already going down a, a rabbit hole in itself, but somebody claimed that whenever Magnus Carlson quit a match against Hans Neiman and accused Neiman of cheating, the method in which Neiman was cheating was that he was being communicated to through an AI algorithm or, or some sort of algorithm that was sending vibrations to anal beads that he had oh during the match, and this led to a lawsuit involving uh, hundreds of thousands of dollars in defamation. Uh, and it was one of the things to where this case just kind of kept going. We were going to see what happened. Uh, I know the, the chess audiences might not be that forum, but they've ultimately resolved uh, their dispute. The case has been settled and uh, no money's going to change hand ba- based off what we know at this time. But uh, So
0: he didn't have it inside of him.
3: They, they were able to confirm that he was not using anything to cheat
0: during this match. So, so you did you just want to say anal beads on the on the show? <laughs> well, that's so that was the why? method of cheating. He did not cheat though, right? Well,
1: they said that he didn't have it on. He it. Didn't, they he, were able he didn't to confirm. Them. They were able to confirm that that was false. But why? So someone just claimed that was the case, and then they confirmed it was false. But they were trying to think of ways in which they could
3: actually cheat because when Hans just or sorry, uh, Carlson just quit out of the blue, thinking something was amiss. Uh, there wasn't much conversation that ultimately happened between the competitors. And then Neiman, as it had turned out, had cheated in multiple situations prior to this. So they thought he had found another way to cheat. But they, based off the equipment they use and the, the technology they have at their disposal to prevent people from cheating, they were like, this has to be some sort of new mechanism uh, or So the new mechanism
1: they thought of that was not true was that. Yes. I feel awful for this guy. Because someone made this allegation, and now Davey and others, and everyone who googles his name, that is what's going to pop up next to his name forever. And it was a false allegation. Well, it's twenty. He got through it. Uh, the 2022
0: report that Hans didn't cheat in any in-person games. He's been fully reinstated.
1: I just find it amazing that the, they thought about. Well, how could he have cheated? And that—that <laughs> that was the one method yeah. they came. Did we not learn anything from the Astros scandal? There well, had to be other ways in which they could have sent signals to the skin. Without doing that,
3: I, I will not claim to be an expert on ways in which you can cheat during while playing chess. Well, this guy uh, isn't either. Is easy. there
0: someone that can cough? You know, knock, uh, clap. Well, I don't know how else. Someone else would have to be sending him something. Yeah,
3: and the uh, there was a couple of other people that ultimately got wrapped up into this lawsuit, but it was it was a big headache, and and then there were some countersuits. So it's it's all finally behind them, and uh, they've agreed that if they were to. paired up against each other in future matches they would uh, play one another so we can we can move along and know that that story uh, has I guess somewhat of a happy ending there and then our next story speaking of cramming things in tight areas we have a 51 year old man in Indiana that has been arrested for DUI while trying to drive down the road in a toy jeep now I ended up looking up this uh, went to Mattel's site. I, I don't have the exact vehicle he was in, but they say that this is for kids ages three to seven. So 51, just a little on the outside there. But it turns out once the police pulled over 51-year-old John McKee, he was ultimately under the influence of uh, methamphetamines and marijuana.
1: That part of the story is not, does not shock me one bit. I, I'm shocked that the the
0: It worked. Based on the weight, I, this must be a very small man. Chad, yeah. do you think that this, if, you, if we were in this, would it actually
1: operate? I don't think battery so. Battery wise, no. I, I, mean, I don't think it, so either. It would not move. Like it doesn't have the horsepower to move an adult human. Um, so I don't. I don't Where's think that would work. Shot? We have one of these jeeps together yeah, too. Trying to find that. I'm convinced the guys the who moment. accosted at least one of the guys who accosted Ronald Acuna was also on meth. If I had to yeah, guess, the one well, who was sprinting and took three people to, to get him to the ground. That's my hypothesis on that one. When I hear this story, I immediately think George Jones and the DUI on the lawnmower, how he would yes. notoriously get drunk and take off on his lawnmower yes. and go to get more booze on the lawnmower. That, that's who I immediately thought of when I heard about a guy driving. They a pulled him G- over
0: because it didn't have uh, lights or reflectors. Yeah, it was hard to see. Power Wheels
3: Jeep, Down low low to the ground. Um,
0: yeah, it's not Are a lot you a of power things going his family? Family? Uh, Chad, do you have like the the Barbie version or anything like that? We've got a frozen
1: Jeep um, yeah. that was hardly used. Really? Like, there was like one summer where uh, Evie drove it a little bit, but since then Lucy's never been a big fan. Oh, we it's it needs to be
0: trashed. We love those growing up. Destroyed them in a good way.
1: Yeah, that that didn't really take off. Like bumper cars. Didn't really take off. Once they got the, to know how to learn, ride the bike, you know, that really replaced the toy Jeep.
0: Davy, uh, any other dates uh, you've been on since last week? No. Short mm-hmm. answer. Taking um, it slow? Yeah. Your, your choice.
3: Well, it's, again, like, <laughs> I feel obligated to pay for the first date. And I've learned that if I'm going to do that, like, I need to do the proper checks before I get to where I'm physically like, Hey, let's meet up and, and go grab drinks or.
0: Oh, eat. before you spend money on this. Yeah. Person. Yeah.
3: Well, I mean, I mean, well, if Outkick like wants to, you know, start just fronting the tab for all these, I, I can, we can definitely have like weekly occurrences for that. Good luck with that.
1: Yeah. I don't, I don't know if they're going to approve of that one. Um, what is the checks and what next time? Here's the question to start this segment. What it, what did the checks and balances entail of what you're checking on before you go on a physical date? Just save it for now okay, I can. and then give us the answer. I want to know what your checklist consists of in order to validate them to where you then spend money on them. Because, Duly noted. All right, I'll,
0: I'll, I'll I be think thinking the, of that. The perception is Davey feels like their checklist includes free meal, yeah. not spending money. Well, it doesn't have so we'll, to, but... Well, maybe it does. Well, well Find out next time. Hopefully it's a uh, a decent meal for said person. I think these women can get fed on their own. Coming up. Without Davey. The coach on the rise and slide across the SEC and the Big Ten. That's next.